Considering the subject matter of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, the hosts recommend using discretion when allowing anyone under the age of 17 to listen. Listener discretion is advised. Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk is proudly available worldwide on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, Facebook Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. On this episode of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, Rick and Stephen welcome to the show, paranormal investigator, adventurer, and host of the historically haunted vodcast, Adam Begin. All things strange and unusual coming your way, on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. And welcome to another edition of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, uh, ghost hunters and authors, Stephen Lancaster and myself, Rick Hale. Stephen, how you doing this week, buddy? Oh, fantastic. Yes, you know, I, yeah, I see that. Just fantastic. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this, this is the first podcast that I've ever done with the deadliest virus known to our generation. He's got the crawling chaos, folks. Yep, I've got the COVID. So you guys yeah. listening at home, make sure you're wearing your masks. Make yep. sure you're wearing your masks. I don't want to. I don't want that on my conscience. Absolutely. So this has been your uh, paranormal PSA for the day. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wear your masks, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, you know, Stephen, we have a really we, we we got another great show coming up for everybody. Um, you know, last week we talked to uh, Tim Woolworth of Paranormal Study and ITT, ITC Voices. Great guest, great conversation. The dude blew my mind. I learned a lot of really good stuff. This week on today's show, we have um, Adam Begin of Historically Haunted. That is a podcast. Um, he is also a paranormal adventurer. Like, the dude is a busy beaver, man. He is going all over the country to all of the haunted places um, that you could possibly think of. And he is also a newly minted member of the Warren Legacy Foundation. So we're going to be talking to Adam about all of that and so much more when he joins us in a matter of moments. Yeah, Adam's kind of uh, taking the scene by surprise, man. And, you know, <clears throat> we need to answer that question. Is it Adam Begin? Is it Adam Begin? Or is it well, Beijing? I, it, it's... You know, it's, it's funny that you should say the Beijing stuff because I just got a message from him and I asked him, how do you pronounce your last name? Because I hate when people mispronounce last names. That it, that it just seems so insulting to me. I actually had somebody in now, uh, pronounce, mispronounce my last name as Haley once. It's like, it's <laughs> Hale. How do you get that wrong? But um, yeah, so it's, it, it, is, it is Begin, but like he said, his family is originally from Canada and they did pronounce it Beijing. So, yeah, see? Well, you know, the British the, the British chick that does the intro for this show, you mm -hmm. know, she's asking me, like, um, well, how do you say his last name? Is it is it began? Uh, look, I'm not even going to try to do a British accent right now. I got the COVID. And that, that doesn't work. Um, but she's like, is it begin? Is it begging? So, you know, she says in her best Laura Croft, Adam begging. 
you know. So it still sounds cool, though, you know. Yeah, but there you go. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah. So you have a story that you want to tell our listeners or shadows, as we like to refer to them, and you want to get my opinion on it. Yeah. So what is the story? Hit us. Well, you know, with this being a show about ghosts and everything, I thought, you know, I thought, you know what, maybe I'll do something different here and talk about ghosts. Okay. But anyway, That's uh, different. This, yeah, this this sheriff um, out out in Montana, man, John Goffini. Okay, I love listening to ghost stories from cops. I, I don't mm-hmm. know why. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's because you just feel like there's a little more credibility to what they're saying because they're cops. You know, they're 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 trained to profile. They're trained to debunk things and and you know. Detect. They're trained to be skeptical. Yeah, they're trained to investigate. Well, <clears throat> Sheriff John here, he had to investigate this school. Okay, and, mm-hmm. and it's such an interesting little story because uh, there, there was a call that somebody was trespassing. Like somebody had broken into the school, and of course he was the, the cop on the scene. So he had to go in, check it out, nighttime, creeping around the school. And he hears up above him somebody running. Mm-hmm. So he goes up the stairs to the second floor. And the majority of the second floor of this school had been shut down. Like, they don't use it anymore. They uh, Apparently, locally, they had consolidated schools. So, mm-hmm. like, half the, the student body wasn't even there anymore. They, they went off to another school. So he opens this door to one of the old classrooms and of course it hadn't been used so the, it's old there's dust and stuff everywhere and he saw sure. little little footprints through the dust okay one way mm. okay so like they had run into the room but never came back out that, okay, that's a that's cool that's pretty cool and he searched the entire room searched the entire room thinking okay this kid's hiding it's a teenager whatever <clears throat> Could not find anybody in this room. So then he hears a a boy laughing. And you know mm-hmm. how a school is. The sound just echoes through a school. Sure. Well, he he kind of follows the sound and he follows it down to their gymnasium. Mm-hmm. And as he's walking towards the gymnasium, he sees a figure run across the gymnasium. And make it all the way to the other side and into the locker rooms, which is also a dead end. Okay? When he walked into the gymnasium, all the lights came on to the gym. Mm -hmm. The the reason all the lights came on is because they are on a motion sensor. So what makes this story really intriguing is the person or figure or entity he saw run across that gymnasium did not have mass enough to set off the lights. Right. But when he entered the gymnasium, the lights came on. Of course, he checked the locker room. Again, a dead end. No way in or out except the way you go in. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was nothing there. And he said from that point forward, he has just been a firm believer that there are things we cannot explain. And he, he says his... You know, his colleagues dog him about it, that some kid got one over on him, but I don't know. That's a pretty, pretty cool, cool little story, uh, and I thought I'd share yeah. that. No, that is a cool story, and, and that's one that I've actually heard a lot of, that um, motion-censored lights, you know, whatever. 
they're they don't get set off by um by ghosts sometimes they do sometimes they don't but it's like you may see a ghost and i've seen three that i am completely convinced were apparitions and one that's kind of still on the fence for me but it's like they may look solid but they're not they don't have the mass or the density needed to set off these kind of things so it's like i hear a story like this and knowing that it comes from the man um just makes it all the more credible for me yeah and it, and it reminds me too it, it's it's something we'll have to talk about um in greater detail in a future show but it it appearing like it has mass like mm-hmm. that entity I, I know i've described to you probably two or three times on this show at, at um the united uh service organization building the uso building mm-hmm. that i told you was standing there in the audience of the auditorium and i didn't realize it was really something standing there until he moved and i could all of a sudden see the exit sign behind him the light So, I mean, this thing was thick enough to completely block out that light, Mm -hmm. but it's not knocking things over. It's not setting off motion detectors. You know what I mean? That's, that's a science worth exploring to me. I think there's something there. Well, it's like the first apparition that I ever encountered, which, you know, I I know was a woman named Miss, Mrs. McNett who lived in my grandparents, actually her and her husband owned the building. Um, She seemed very solid to me. I could not see through her. She wasn't like all glowy and all ethereal looking. Um, And she touched my face and it felt like a solid hand to me, except for the feeling of um, uh, like static electricity on my face. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what it felt like. And it's like, it felt very solid to me, but obviously it's not. It was a, um, you know, for, you know, for lack of a better term or a better thing to say, a dead person. So it was, it's a very cool experience, and I love hearing stories like this from police officers. And there's books out there about first responders, police officers, um, uh, firefighters, paramedics who experience this kind of thing. And their, their, their story just is, has a lot of credibility uh, with me. Oh, absolutely. That That's why I told you like a year ago, um, one of these episodes, I want to bring on my wife, who's a re- retired wound care nurse. And of course, as mm-hmm. you know, is an active paranormal investigator because yeah. she she has told me stories. I mean, she has seen more people die, is, you know, stood there as people died than, than I ever will. You know what I'm saying? Or you probably right. ever will. And like I like I said about your wife, I don't know. I watch you die like every week on the show, but they're, yeah. they're you know, people like your wife and my wife—they're heroes to me. You know, they—they're absolute heroes they to me. And you know, my wife—you know—I can say this now because she doesn't work there anymore. Um, but she would frequently have an audio recorder mm-hmm. and record the moment of death. And. Yeah. Yeah, and there were some interesting EVPs captured during some of these sessions, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> observations. I believe it. I believe it. Um, but we'll let we'll leave that to her one day when we when, when I uh, pay her enough to come on this show. <laughs> <laughs> among God other things, among other things, I'm sure you have to pay her for. <laughs> oh, 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 hey man, you can't even cut me a break. You know, I've got like 102 temperature. Dying of COVID over here, bro. I'm dying. 
and you still can't even, you know, you know what? Actually, I have respect for you, though. I have respect for you for that. I really Thank do. Thank you. Good, good, good. Because I would, I would be the same way. Sure. I'd be like, I'll oh, shut the fuck up, Rick. Get up. Quit your bitching. Well, you know, <laughs> when, when you came on, I was like prepared to say, holy cow, Steven, you look like 12 degrees of dog shit. But not actually for a guy who has uh, the uh, crawling chaos, as I like to call it. You look pretty good. Well, thank you, Rick. You know, I, it's a gift. It, yeah, it I, really is a gift. The uh, self-proclaimed world sexiest ghost hunter. So, Gray Fox of the Paranormal, dude. Uh, that was last year. Okay, it's Gray Fox of the Paranormal this year. And do you realize what today is, Rick? If if we were still going by seasons, mm-hmm. okay, we ended season one of Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV slash talk. Um, that's right, folks. We used to do this as a TV show, too, which you can watch the first season in its entirety at YouTube.com slash Label 13 videos. And maybe one day we'll go back to that. But right now we're doing season two and whatever else as Strictly Podcast. Today would be the end of season two. Oh, we, yeah. Isn't that, okay. Dude, it doesn't seem like it. I was looking at the numbers. We ended season one, episode 18 about the Dybbuk box. Mm-hmm. Today, with Mr. Adam here, is episode 36. Oh, wow. And, and then that's even with taking, you know, breaks and... Yeah, that's, it's, you know, all, all the times that you skip out and cancel the show and all that. Oh, that is a damn lie, folks. So, with that being said, <laughs> when we come back, we're going to be talking to uh, paranormal adventurer and podcast host, Adam Begin. So, stick around. This is the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with Stephen and Rick. We'll be right back. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the geek's guide to the strange and unusual, poltergeists, ghosts, and demons. Bullets, Booze, and Babes, The Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. You are listening to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with authors and ghost hunters Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. She's alive. And welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, Stephen Lancaster and myself, Rick Hale. Joining us today is Paranormal Adventurer, podcast host of Historically Haunted, and newly minted member of the Warren Legacy Foundation, Adam Begin. Adam, welcome to the initiative. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for getting the name right, too. That's killer. Uh, Stephen, how's it going, my friend? Uh, pleasure to be on here. I've Pretty been following good. you guys a little bit now, and um, 
came highly recommended from Tim Woolsworth. Um, so yeah, uh, it's a pleasure. Well, you know, Tim has to kiss my butt, otherwise I'll quit writing for him. So that's, <laughs> that's how it works. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, Adam, as I mentioned, you are quite the busy beaver at the moment. You are been traveling around the country, going to all these haunted places, and I'm not kidding you when I say this, I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I want to get to all of your, your, your adventures and your podcast and, you know, joining up with the, uh, with the Warren Foundation. But I think first what our listeners want to know is they want to know about Adam. Like, how did you get started in doing all of this? Wow. Um, well, thank you so much for doing your, your, uh, your brushing up. Obviously, you've uh, been stalking me, so that's good. Um, yes, I have been stalking you. <laughs> you know what? And, and, and I'm going to tell you what it is. It's the facial hair. Oh, I'm not, I, I thought it was audio. I didn't. Sure, I didn't actually doll it up today. So this is this is me. Love you or hate me. This is how you get. <laughs> um, uh, long story short, man. Um, when I was young, um, I was about nine, eight, nine years old. Nineteen eighty-eight. I was born in seventy-nine. So do the math. Um, my grandfather passed away. My mom's dad, who was really close to me. Um, mm -hmm. The night he passed away, he walked me to the fridge in my trailer in Lisbon, Maine, to get a glass of milk. And what I thought was a dream, I found out a couple of years later, my sister, who was six years younger than me, talked to him that night as well. So I started thinking, wow, I either I have a gift or I'm just open to it. It never scared me and it left a mark on me. And of course, so young, I didn't really know. But then getting older, finding out from her, I went to the same high school as Stephen King, the author. Um, he's from Durham, Maine. I've been to his childhood home and his home in Bangor. I've seen that. Um, but he went to the same high school, Lisbon High School. He was a greyhound like me. So I did, I've been into this stuff at an early age, growing up in Maine, going to Stephen King. Um, and for those of you that know about New England or Maine, there's a graveyard every couple miles. There's a family plot somewhere. So growing up, we picnicked. We hung out. We picked up tombstones that were broken. Cemeteries are a, another place for me. Like, it's nothing. So... Fast forward a couple more years, about 15 now, and I saw my dad's father die right in front of me in the hospital. Went to go visit him. He was dying of cancer, and he flatlined right in front of me. And at 14, 15, I literally heard the flatline. I saw stuff come out, and then that stuck with me forever. And instead of, yeah, and instead of pushing me away, I still get anxiety a little bit in hospitals. But if anything, that's made me want to know what happens. Am I going to see my papa again? Am I going to see my other grandfather again? And I, I... I don't know. I, I had the fear, but it's kind of dissipated through the years. And I've seen some crazy stuff. I don't know if I could swear, but um, you can. Okay. I've seen some That's crazy fine. shit. I spent all night at Lizzie Borden's house in Fall River with my girlfriend. And I saw some stuff there that I got. And it doesn't make me run. It, you know, it makes me embrace it because we all experience death, whether you believe or not, man, we're energy, we're souls. And I get atheists and all that stuff. I don't, we go somewhere and I've seen too much, especially at a young age where I want to find out more. And it's got to the point where I want to help people, which has got me to the Warren foundation to help them with Chris McKinnell and Lorraine's grandson, because people are experiencing the same thing I have. And they just want to know, you know, what's out there. Um, fast forward now until this past summer of 2021. And I died myself in a head on collision for about 38 seconds. Mm -hmm. Um, the only thing I remember of the accident was my mom who passed away in 2019, three months after Lorraine did Lorraine Warren. My mom came to me in the car accident and told me to get out. And I woke up in the hospital and they revived me and said I had passed away in 38 seconds, not even a minute. 
but still, and my mom came to me whether I was dead or not. But so that was last year, literally um, last fall or uh, last summer, excuse me, last May. So that's really um, catapulted me, I think, because now that I've lost my mom and a lot of people and I got my girlfriend and everything, and she's fantastic. She does a lot with me. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, I so want to see it all and I want to do it all. And life's too short. I don't want to wait till I'm retired at 60 to travel. So I DoorDash and I can do that in any state. I've DoorDash in Gettysburg, Salem, Iowa. <laughs> and I just do that, man. I go on the road and I live life for me. And then I bring my girlfriend when she can go. And um, it's just catapulted from my own paranormal team to my own radio show to now my own vodcast. Uh, and I'm making my own book. I'm writing my own book now, all, all within a year, really. I mean, obviously it started when I was younger, but. Since I was in the accident, it really, I stepped it up. That's interesting. You know, a a lot of people, when they have near-death experiences, you know, they say that they come back having some kind of um, uh, supernatural ability. Do you you feel that you came back with that and that's what kind of turns you on a little bit more to doing this work? Um, Well, my my psychiatrist thinks I have PTSD because of it, but I don't see that because I, I'm more vague. I'm more open. And and, and that's, that's a possibility. I, I don't take life for granted. Not that I ever did, but I definitely live life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe in talking to my mom that time that I, I already know I'm an empath. I mean, I go by homeless people and I tear up. I, I just, I, I have a very deep heart, but I really feel like this accident has, I feel like the veil is thin for me. I could almost contact maybe easier. Um, so now when I go to places like we went to, um, this Lydia Carver, this girl from Maine who, who drowned in a boating accident, coming back from Boston in the 1800s, getting her wedding dress and her body came to a shore right by a cemetery. So they buried her in the cemetery, uh, Lydia Carver, mm-hmm. me and Heather went to her grave, my girlfriend, Heather, and I felt her, I felt her there. So I've had some readings. I've talked to some shaman and of course being in the war and legacy thing I'm reaching out now to. And some people say I have attachments. Some psychics say I have attachments, whether it's good or bad, they don't know. Since I don't know if it's from the accident, my whole life, I don't know. I'm still searching. And that's what leads me to just keep going in this field and to find more people like yourself uh, that are doing fantastic work about Chicago. Um, oh, I thank you. I felt like I was burning the Chicago fires. I'm a big, big Chicago Bears fan. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I love Frank Sinatra. And I've never been. And I and I've had psychics tell me that I was burned in a fire. I don't like hot water. I don't like beaches. I don't like. So I feel like I was burned in the Chicago fire, and I got to get there sometime. But it is a beautiful city. Uh, make sure you bring plenty of money. And um, you know, hey, and and if you if you ever come here, just look me up. I would be more than happy to come down there and uh, you know hook up and uh, show you around my beautiful, beautiful city. So. Um, awesome. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's amazing that you actually you you finance your travels doing DoorDash, because I got to be honest with you, whenever I see somebody such as yourself, you're traveling all over the country. I cannot help but wonder, how do they do it? Are they robbing banks, uh, you know, <laughs> pimping themselves uh, honestly, on the uh, street corners? I mean, <laughs> what, what is it? You know? Well, I got I don't do drugs, but if I got needle marks because I donate a lot of blood, try to get money. No, just kidding. Go to Vampire Bank. <laughs> No, honestly, man, um, I, I got offered uh, a trip from one of my friends, Eric Knapp, to go to uh, St. Albans uh, Sanatorium in Virginia, and I ended up getting some tickets, and my girlfriend couldn't go, so I told the guy, I go, hey, drive me down there, and I'll give you a ticket for free. So that got me there and back. We stopped some places. My friend Chris Sanders happened to be going to Iowa, 
And most of the people we know work full-time jobs or have kids or grandkids sure. or monkeys or dogs or whatever. I got nothing. I lived in an RV. So he was going to Iowa twice. I'm going to go. I went for a week. You know what I mean? We went to Gettysburg, all this stuff. And then my buddy brought me for my birthday. And that's where we went this past September to Pennsylvania to see H.H. Holmes' grave. Oh, I went to see cool. the, the Richmond Vampire's grave in Hollywood mm -hmm. Cemetery in Virginia. Oh, my God. Um, a couple of presidents there. We saw Gravity Hill in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. um, Eastern State Penn in Philly. So a bunch of good stops. And he's like me, where if we're going to go, I'm not going to go just to go to a Applebee's or whatever. Let's go to like the rarest restaurant, the oldest restaurant, the the unique one, the the the, the one that makes the headlines. You know what I mean? I, sure. I want to see it all. The biggest ball of yarn. It may not be historic or haunted, but it's it's significant. And I think right. you find a lot of stuff on the way. We just went to go to H.H. Holmes' gravesite, America's first serial killer's gravesite. And we ended up seeing two mafia hitmen's grave in that graveyard. In, um, shoot, uh, St. Mary's graveyard in Pennsylvania, in Eden, Pennsylvania. There's two okay. guys that are mob bosses, dude. One of them blew up with a nail bomb. And the other one had a shotgun blast to the head. And they're buried right down from H.H. Holmes' grave. So I got three yeah. of them. That is extraordinary. Yeah, I've, I've been to Gettysburg. Um, I love it. Um, we were just there back in July. And um, I actually had an ancestor who was at Gettysburg. He was on the losing side, of course, but oh. he was there nonetheless. Yeah. Um, my great, 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 I want to say grandfather, John, Fitz, uh, John Fitzpatrick Hale. Um, oh. Yeah. And uh, it, it's... I loved it, not just because the place is haunted, but the um, history is extraordinary. It's like everywhere you go, you just get like this sense of this is real history. And, you know, if you so if you just so happen to see a ghost, too, that just makes that history come alive. <laughs> it's a bonus. Yeah, it really is. And, and that's what my goal is. I'm not trying to go out and upstage Bagans or ghost hunters or whatever, they can all do what they want. I don't care. I just, I want to go to the, and as much as I love Lizzie Borden's and Eastern Penn and I name drop the big places, I want to mm -hmm. go to the place because every place has got potential. I want to go to the place that no one goes to where a triple homicide happened. Or in Maine, there's a little bar where we, in 1820, signed to be free from Massachusetts. The forefathers met in this bar to have ale and signed papers to make Maine a state in 1820. And people don't even know. They go there and just, oh, no clue. And it's mm -hmm. a shame. And I, and I think these places are dying to be known. The history books only tell you so much. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right. I, I'm all about the history. It's a, it, like you said, Gettysburg. I've been to Salem, Massachusetts. I, I'm two hours away. I love it. And uh, But Gettysburg, man, when you roll up, dude, you know what I'm talking about, Rick. When you see those fences and you yes. see the mountains and you see the cannons and you just realize, I'm in Gettysburg. And even rolling in like Harrisburg and stuff, you see the old barns, covered bridges. You know you're you're almost in a time capsule. I'm like, shit, where am I? And then you just come out and you're like, our brothers, our human American, just human brothers died. And they're still digging up bone fragments and, and fucking bullets to this day. Sure. And it, it's probably the biggest battlefield in the world, in my opinion, at least in America. And, and when you just, you can't shake a stick without hitting something historic. And like you said, to throw in a ghost or a banshee or, hey, was that a gunshot? That's just an extra. That gives me goosebumps. I like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it really does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely gives you that sense of history. So let's talk about your travels. We, you know, we've already touched on it a little bit here, but, um, you know, you have been pretty much everywhere. 
so far. So let's talk about say, in America. In, in America, Pennsylvania yet. <laughs> okay, so let's let, let's talk about it here in the continental United States. Let's talk about your favorite five, and Ooh. if you could, you know, give us like history, um, what kind of hauntings are involved there, and uh, if you experienced anything while visiting. Wow. Rick, this is going to be one of the funnest podcasts I've been on already. This is killer. Um, okay. Let me see. I just love, I don't love talking about me, but I love sharing. I have, I'm very passionate. I'm not trying to be cocky. I'm just very, for years, dude, I've been doing this for a long time, but I didn't think anybody would like it. And I didn't mm -hmm. want to come across as a big headed dick. So I just kept all my pictures private. Then mm -hmm. I started sharing it and everybody's like, this is good stuff. You need the world to know. I go, all right. So um, I don't know, man, honestly, Lizzie Borden's, even though everybody knows about it, because this is back in 2019 before the new people bought it. You get to spend the night. Me and my girlfriend, Heather, went there, and the two other families canceled. So we had the whole house to ourselves for like 220 bucks. Usually nice. it's like it's like three grand, you know? So yes. you know, that's, that's the first time, dude, since I got drunk and when I was a teenager and spent all night staying up. I haven't pulled an all-nighter in years, and I couldn't help. If I'm at Lizzie Borden's, I'm not going to bed. I'm staying up. I was in the basement with my EVP. I was with my, my, my voice recorder in the attic. I mean, up and down. Um, Lizzie Borden's house, which is actually her dad's house, um, Andrew Jackson Borden, uh, that's in Fall River, Massachusetts, 1845. It was an apartment building when they bought it, turned into a family home. Everybody mm -hmm. knows the little story about Lizzie. Supposedly, she killed her uh, stepmom and her father with the axe. Well, I remember um, growing up as a kid singing Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her father 40 wax. I mean, I think that if you yeah. grew up as a kid in this country, you grew up singing that song. Yeah, as morbid as it is. But that's, yeah, when you really think about it. But that just shows you that people love that darkness side because it's just part of it. You just thrive on it. Um, so we went there, spent the night. I ended up going to see Maplecroft because I'm going to, when I do something, I do the whole thing. Let's go see everything. So we saw sure. their grave sites. I got some EVPs there. I put some coins down, said my blessings to Lizzie and her family. We went to the church, um, the church where she was the mistress, not mistress, but she, uh, Sunday school, she taught Sunday school. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the group Aerosmith shot the video for crying there, music band. That's another thing. But it's the same church in Fall River. So we went there, Fall River Society, saw the axe that was used in the murder trials, the real axe head. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, I get to see yeah, that. Yeah, it's chilling. Oh, it's pretty wild. And then when you think about it, because in the house, all the paperwork's there and the news clippings, you really think about the shit that went down for that era. It's astounding. So right. you know, the, next, the next day we left, we went to H, uh, uh, H.P. Lovecraft. His grave is right across the river there in Providence. Right? My absolute favorite author. <laughs> yes, I went to his grave site. Uh, oh. It says, um, you know, in the arms of Providence right on it. Went to his house where he wrote his last book, the house he died at, right across from Roger Williams University, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. So we did that. Then we came back through Mass. We hit up Taunton. Taunton uh, Asylum is where uh, Mental Asylum, Lizzie was there for a little bit. Then we went over to Plymouth Rock. So this is this is all under one umbrella. It's not really two more than one place because this is like... Because <laughs> Plymouth so, Rock, you got to go to Plymouth Rock, man. The Pilgrims were there. Oh, 1620, sure. You know? Yeah. yeah. My, my, mine came over in 1645, just about 20 years after. Wow. Um, so let, let me ask you this. Uh, two questions. Okay. Yep. One... Do you think Lizzie did it? And two, is the house taunted? In my opinion, I, I strongly feel like it was the Uncle John Morse. He's a, he's a shizer. He's in there to get his money. Came in out of left field. Left like a thief in the night. You never heard much about him after. Why mm -hmm. did 
but Lizzie and Emma never talked. Emma moved to New Hampshire. Lizzie moved to Maplecroft right up the road. She never left the town. If she did it to me, she'd leave the fucking town, whether you're found innocent or not. So I think the Uncle John did it. Mm -hmm. I, I think he didn't have a dog in the fight, so to speak. So he's just like, whatever. Um, I know he wanted the money, which he didn't get. Um, is it haunted? I, I would say, honestly, dude, and I don't throw that word around a lot. I don't because, but it is. I I, I said, are you tired of, the, of people talking about your case, Lizzie? And you can ask Heather, the whole house thumped. Like, the fucking shook. I got all my EVP, my uh, voice recorder, and you can hear the glass windows rattle like a truck, like a d dump truck went by and, and just hit a bump or something. It shook the house. Mm -hmm. So that was good. I got a blue orb in the basement. I saw her face in the wall. She played with the kids upstairs because... The next door neighbor to Lizzie's house, which is gone now, was Lizzie's aunt. Lizzie's aunt killed uh, her kids and then herself, which is Lizzie's cousins, in the bath wow. in the bathtub. Yeah, so they say her the kids were over there. That whole fucking land is soiled, you know. So yeah. I th I'd say that's number one, but I'd say uh, Gettysburg's right there too, which we just talked about. Yeah. I've been to Gettysburg three times. I spent the night in the Eisenhower Hotel with Chris Sanders um, after coming back from Iowa. And our alarm clock went off at one in the morning with, for no reason. And our door was wide open, which we thought was very peculiar. But uh, Gettysburg, without a doubt, residual, uh, intelligent, whatever you want to call it. This haunting's there all day long. It's probably the most haunted land I've ever been is Gettysburg. Uh, okay. And that's not just for bullshit. That's, you, you know, Rick. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, I don't know if you on, but it's just the aura. When you go there, am I right, Rick? Yeah, absolutely. Like, not... not <coughs> Excuse me, I'm choking on my own spit here. Um, not only do you get that sense of history, but you also get that sense that there are souls that are yeah. still here. So here's what we're going to do, Adam. Um, before we move on with three more, what we're going to do is, is we're going to take a break. We're going to pay some bills. And um, then when we come back, we're going to continue talking to you more. You give us three more um, examples of what your favorite is. And then we'll talk about, we'll move on to your podcast. And then we'll move on to the warrants. Warrens are always a very interesting thing to talk about because they're very polarizing characters in the paranormal field. Um, so everybody stick around. This is the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. We're here with Adam Begin. And when we come back, we'll be talking to him some more. So let's. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Explore the fascinating world of the paranormal on the Label 13 YouTube channel. Watch captivating paranormal videos, full paranormal documentaries, and watch exclusively the entire 20-episode first season of Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV for free. The Label 13 YouTube channel showcases paranormal footage that has been seen on A&E Biography, Travel Channel, and Discovery Plus. Watch Label 13 at youtube.com slash label 13 videos. That's youtube.com slash label 13 videos. And don't forget to subscribe for more of the supernatural. Join the hosts on Facebook at facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. That's facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. Want to be a guest on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk? Is there something you would like to hear discussed? Contact the hosts at shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com. That's shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com.
We now return to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. It well, it, it pissed me off because I've had my surgery scheduled for like three months to get a penis reduction. And now I have to, I have to, I have to put it off the bed. I have to put it off because of COVID. I love it. Fucking, you guys are fucking awesome, man. I look, I went through some of your shit. I'm like, how have I not been friends with these guys before? You guys are fucking awesome. <laughs> penis reduction. I, I really thought that... it was real. He's fucking guy. He's talking like he's just fucking. Re- it's a real thing. <laughs> Oh, you don't even know the half of it, Adam. <laughs> but we are back with Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with, unfortunately, Rick Hale. But fortunately, Adam Begin, who has just been a plethora of historical knowledge and stories. And uh, he was just in the middle of sharing some of his travels. So, Adam, why don't you uh, round out that part of the segment? Let's hear the rest okay. of it. Well, first off, Rick, I saw your typo negative shirt. Oh, Very yeah. Cool. Um, Thank in, you, in, in, in 1999, I actually met Peter Steele at the Ramada Inn in Lewiston, Maine. They were playing a concert. Lucky. Uh, with, yeah, with Cold Lucky. Chamber. And I said, I'm going to go knock on the door. And I went through it. I said, whichever door says do not occupy or whatever, do not knock, that's the one. And it sure as shit, six foot nine, six foot eight, Peter Steele answers the door. I go, <gasps> he goes, you welcome. Know? He signed my fucking thing, man. It's cool. That's awesome. I wonder if that's the same tour that when he came to Chicago, I saw them at the, um, I think it was the, the Vic on the on the northwest side. The World that, Coming Down tour with that, Everyone I Love is Dead and everything on it. Yeah, so that so if that was with Cold Chamber, what, yes. was uh, was the Deadlights there too? And the Deadlights and Full Devil Jacket. Yes, that holy shit. Same tour. That's that's fantastic. That was, that was in... Um, I think that they were just rounding up the tour. So it was in like March or April. Cause I remember my wife who was my girlfriend at the time got us the ticket. So yeah, that, well, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's a great show. Oh, yeah. Great concert. I was having a great time until some fucking goth kid, man was like, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, and I am saying that too, but I, you know, so am I, but some <laughs> fucking goth kid is like crowd surfing and somebody just dumps him right on the back of my head. So it was like my neck was stiff for a month after that. But okay, so yes, uh, wow. the second most awesome band, the first oh, of yeah. course being Joy Division. But uh, let's get back to your journeys. You got yes. three that you need to tell us okay. about briefly. Yeah, I, I had to say something because I saw you sit down. I remember you're a Typo fan. Um, so yeah, so 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 Gettysburg, uh, for, uh, Lizzie's Gettysburg. Um, I love Salem, mm-hmm. um, and honestly, when I say Salem, I mean Danvers. Because Danvers is next to Salem. That's actually Salem Village. And right. that's where the parsonage is, where everything went down. Um, Tatuba, the very first one, the Black Witch, the, the, the girl that brought all that over, her mm-hmm. parsonage that she was there with the family, with the little girls, is in Danvers. And the remains are there. It's just like uh, the basement where it's all rocks. And it's free. You park there, you can spend all the fucking day there camping, picnicking, whatever you want. And it's a big foundation. And it says, here's the, the witchcraft hysteria started in 1691. And that's in Danvers, um, along with the Rebecca Nurse homestead. Rebecca Nurse was the oldest lady in person hung in the witch trials. Her son went to go get her on Gallows Hill after they killed her. And he fucking brought her back by canoe to the homestead. There's a graveyard out back. She's buried out back in an unmarked grave, along mm-hmm. with... Um, 
uh, Jacobs, something Jacobs, another witch that was hung a guy. And they're both back there. So I love Danvers. I love Salem. I've been to, uh, to Peabody, Massachusetts, which was part of Salem. That's where the Boston Strangler is buried. I've been to his gravesite. So there's a lot in, in, in Salem, Mass. Massachusetts itself, dude, honestly. Uh, Gloucester, Massachusetts, the mm-hmm. inventor of the remote control. Um, Franklin Hammond, I believe. It's Hammond's Castle. He's buried out back underneath Poison Ivy and uh, Bob Wire because he's got money with him. But he invented the remote control. He's got a castle. And you can see mermaids. There's mermaids that are sighted off Gloucester Coast. So Interesting. there's so much shit, dude. Massachusetts itself is probably one of my favorites to go to on so- a weekend. Yeah, so let's let's uh, let's talk about the ghosts of uh, Salem. Um, personally, I believe that these that these spirits are are not at rest because they were wrongly um, convicted, of course. But uh, what what are some of the haunted places that people can go and visit in Salem? Who? Um, I, I there's obviously a plethora. I mean, everybody talks highly of the Hawthorne Hotel because they say that was built on Bridget Bishop's apple orchard. And uh, Bewitched crew stayed there when they shot the show Bewitched. But I, my personal favorite, it sounds silly. Everybody gets a laugh. You're going to bunghole liquor. <laughs> hey, my bunghole. That, uh, bung- like, uh, that sounds like Steven's kind of place. It's it's Beavis and Butthead style. No, a uh, bunghole, if you look at a keg, the hole, the spigot well, well, what is this? What is this that he's, he's showing us? Oh, See, this is why it's so hard. Blistering because bunghole. That's hot pepper sauce. That's going to make your asshole <laughs> on fire. <laughs> I love it. But it's called bunghole liquor because the, the spout of a keg was called a bunghole. And long story short, the original one in Derby Street in Salem is right on the coast. That was a funeral home. And the guys, during Prohibition, the guys said, I can make more money selling booze. So right where they embalmed the people, they had a little speakeasy down there right next to the bombing place. That's where they kept their beer cold. Mm-hmm. So that's haunted because the tunnels underneath where people used to kidnap kids to bring them on their ships to be slaves on the pirate ships because Salem's a pirate town too. Got so it. between that and the colonists fighting and the witches, and there's a beach called Dead Horse Beach where there's like 60 horses buried underneath the beach. Kids go play there and picnic and shit with their families and underneath the sands like 50 years worth of dead horses. <laughs> it's called Dead Horse Beach in Salem. It's fucking it's I mean, honestly dude, I don't think there's no place in Salem that's not haunted. Like you say with Gettysburg Mm-hmm. I think it's so tainted and just so much lore. Um, the witch house, witch house, 1634, where uh, Judge Jonathan Corwin lived, the guy that persecuted the witches. Yeah, that's an old house, you know. Um, yeah, there's a there's a really interesting story about that um, because it, it's it, it's no longer um, a private residence. I believe it's now office. Um, really offices, I think if okay. memory serves correctly. Yeah. But, or no, it went from being offices back to being a private home. But one of the more interesting stories that I remember there was people actually seeing a witch in the house, uh, that there was a, there was a party at, for one of the companies that were in there and she just appeared in a picture wow. and black, black hair, white clothes, looking like a corpse. And, uh, people say that this is the uh the ghost i believe of of bridget bishop 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 she was one of the ones that didn't go easy she really proclaimed her innocence and Mm -hmm. um just like giles Corey, who put a curse on the town that's why they took the sheriff office out of salem because every sheriff since the witch trials died of brain aneurysms or heart failure or something like yeah heart failures heart disease so they took the salem office out 
Um, I don't fuck around with that too much. I love exploring, but um, that's one thing that I've noticed, especially since my accent. I feel like I'm more sensitive to things like that. And mm-hmm. I know, I, I feel like, I don't mind pushing boundaries, dude. I'm one, if it's no trespassing signs are up, I'm going to go. But if I feel something otherworldly that I can't quite battle with, of course, being in the Warren legacy, I have backup now, which is good. But when you're alone, because I tend to go alone, which Warren Legacy straight up said, don't ever go alone. That's one of the guidelines I can't do anymore. I have to go sure. with someone. Um, so I, I mind my second sense. I mind my myself. Um, I don't have fear to an extent, but at the same time, I know when to say when. Not many places really super scare me, but there are some in Salem that I can see that. there. I've seen some stuff on the corner of my eye walking through Salem. What was that? Just a little black mass. I think your mind plays tricks on you. Sure. But at the same time, I wouldn't doubt for a minute that the witch house is haunted because they tortured women in that house. They tortured men. Right. It was the judge's house. He brought them in there and he would accuse them and put hot pokers in their fucking throats and stuff. Right. That leaves behind an energy, Rich, uh, Rick. You know what I mean? That leaves behind yeah. a sort of energy, dude. No, it really does. It leaves leaves a psychic star, uh, scar, rather. All right, let's go number four. Oh, boy. What's your fourth? Oh, boy. Uh, fourth. Oh, boy. Well, I went to the Axe Murder House in Iowa, but I didn't get a chance to go in. It wasn't open. Mm-hmm. Um, the Axe Murder House where... Uh, Velisca. Six kids, Velisca, yeah. Who? Uh, let me see. Um, that's tough. I love so many, and it's hard to... Um, St. Albans, Virginia. There's a lot of shit that went down in that sanatorium that I went to this past year. Um, a serial killer was there. He killed a girl and left her body in the basement. Multiple, multiple suicides. Um, a ghost um, hunter, like, by, I'm sorry, paranormal investigator, got thrown down. A ghost hunter's fine. Yeah, I know. That's he what I call thrown. myself, yeah. Okay. It's, some people don't, I mean, what, anyway, whatever, whatever. Potato, potato. But um, some dude got thrown down some stairs there before. And I spent the whole night with a reverend. My uh, used to be my teammate, Reverend Jay, Jared uh, Scravoni. We spent the whole night in the mortuary there, dude. And Eric Knapp at 2 o'clock told us to come up and go. Uh, me and Jared chased around some some shit. We got growled at. We saw some mm-hmm. movement. And um, it's tough because old buildings make noises. But there's some shit you know that's just not the building. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. No, I know exactly what you mean. Yes, St. Albans, that's a place that's really uh, done the rounds on pretty much all the paranormal uh, TV shows. So, you know, you see it on the paranormal TV shows and you think, oh, it's like, uh, you know, it's a television show. But, I mean, would you say that it is definitely haunted? Oh, St. Albans? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course they build it up. And, of course, they on TV, they want to tell you everything's demonic and haunted. But that's why I am choosing to go on my own dime at my own cost because I don't owe any – I'm not going to bullshit anybody. No one's paying me to talk for them. That's the beautiful part about being independent. I can give you 100% of how I feel, and I can't go, oh, shit, they pay me not to say that. So I can tell you straight up, yeah, um, it legit scared me in certain parts, the bowling alley downstairs – there's women seen there in a place where you think it'd be fun for some reason. It's just very dark and eerie. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a sanatorium, man. It was a place where people were held against their will. And, and, and back in the day, as you know, people were given experiments and shit. You know, these, sure. these doctors, these electric, like the electric therapy tub and the hydrotherapy tub. You imagine just getting ice poured on you to get the demons out of you and to make you think better? No, no, I can't. I'd rather have a beer and smoke a joint, dude. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> Yeah, it's it really is quite remarkable. Um, it, it the, these places they they're a, a scar has been left on them for all time, 
And so it really is no wonder how people, if, if you know, regardless of their if they're sensitive or not, are seeing things there. Um, and this is energy. This is all energy. Would you well, agree? Mike, let me ask. Let me turn this. Let me turn the script around and ask you a question on your show now, because I sure. got a question for you. Do you think that this land, remove the building, plow it down, put up a garden, put up a new house, just like in Poltergeist, or uh, do you think this land still could be haunted without the building? You know what I'm saying? The oh yeah. Move? Yeah, I believe so too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I, I do primary. I uh, I specialize primarily in um, small business and private homes, and I've I've been in private home, you know, people's homes, and this house is maybe 10, 15 years old, and they're perhaps the second family that have lived in this house, and it still has activity. And the only th- the, the only way that I can answer that is is that either the people brought something home with them, and I'll get to that in a second. You'll find this really interesting, or it is something that is on the land. Mm. So quick story about what, what I was telling you. There's a house in Huntley, Illinois, which is, um, it's, it's in a really rural part of Northwestern Illinois in McHenry County. And um, there was a family there. All of a sudden they started noticing that there were two apparitions in their home. One was, uh, one was an older man, like in his thirties, and one was a little girl. So the group that I belonged with, uh, that I belonged to at the time was a large group and they invited us to come in. Well, here's how it turned out that the woman um, who lived in the house, she was a trauma nurse. And the, the people that were haunting their house uh, came in after a horrible car accident. Both him and his little girl died for whatever reason, oh. because of her empathy or because she was also very empathic. They attached themselves to her and came into their house. And their house was five years old. They were the first people yeah. to live in this house. And I saw the man. Like, I get goosebumps when I still think about it. I saw him. We were sitting down in the basement, and we were wrapping everything up for the night. And all of a sudden, I look up, and there is a man standing in a room not 30 feet from me. And then oh, he man. just disappeared. I got goosebumps one, just listening to you. <laughs> that... that um, that, that's the one, Stephen, that I was telling you about before, that it's like, I think it was an apparition, but I, I'm not 100% on that because I've seen three or four my entire life. Wow. And, um, yeah, so it's like either something is attached to the land or something is attached to a person. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely would agree with you on that. So um, now that we're done with our list, let's talk about the Warren Legacy Foundation. You are a newly minted member now, in my opinion, nobody causes more polarization in the paranormal field than the Warrens who, you know, they're both passed on now. Um, why do you think that is? What, why, what, why do you think people look at them and they're like, they either love them or they can't stand them? What do you attribute that to? That's funny. I actually ask myself that question sometimes because I, I just, it's funny because, I mean, obviously everybody's entitled to their own opinion and I get it. But it's like, it's just, it's funny to me that everybody's so quick to judge everybody, especially in this field. I used to be in a band, a uh, music band, and, and I thought that was very cliche, but the paranormal field really is too. That's why I'm trying to take myself out of it and be more the history side because there's a lot of showboats out there. Same with you us. Know? But um, 
Anyway, long story short, um, like I said, my mom died. This I got. I'm a storyteller, so, uh, but this is Go good. Ahead. It's what leads up to it. Uh, 2019. Of course, I've been following the Warrens for a while. A lot of people have. We all know about you know Annabelle and Amityville and all that good stuff. And I know Hans Holzer. I don't know him, but I've heard of them. And even the Fox Sisters in New York. They were the, really the first ones back in the 1800s. The Fox Sisters did seances. Um, but in 2019. My mom passed away right after Lorraine, unexpected, and I took some of the money I was left with, and I wanted to make myself feel better. They were having a night with Annabelle in Monroe, Connecticut, mm -hmm. and it was, I think, 180 bucks a ticket or whatever it was. I don't remember, but it was dinner at Roberto's with all of Nesper. They were going to bring a couple objects plus Annabelle. I right away, I'm like, I've got to do this. I got to make myself feel better. I just, I didn't, I'm not a big shopper guy, but I wanted to, and I treated me and my girlfriend, got a hotel, the whole nine, um, and I was friends with the Chris Mc kennel already on facebook i don't think we knew each other that well but i told him i said i'm coming down to see annabelle tomorrow i'd love to meet you he said well i'm leaving out of the country which he's been out of ever since he's like but if you want to meet me after the next day we can go out for breakfast i said okay cool so i thought nothing of it <clears throat> we ended up going to roberto's that night drove all the way down to connecticut get a hotel and i met tony Spera. i met judy warren judy Spera. And I told Judy, you know, sorry about your mom, Lorraine Warren. My mom passed away, too. She gave me a hug. I got a picture with her. I bought a little dog tag, Nesper, when I was there. And I met Plato, um, their exorcist that works for the Vatican. He's also the Nesper's ex uh, exorcist out of um, Canada. He blessed mm -hmm. us all. The whole frankincense and myrrh. We saw Annabelle. I get the video still. The first time I ever saw Annabelle in the big, big pine box. We saw the conjuring mirror. We saw the doll from Devil Made Me Do It, uh, Conjuring 3. And so we went back to our hotel and I said, Chris, you weren't there. And I didn't know at the time that Chris doesn't really associate with them. Chris is a little Warren legacy. It's Lorraine was going to start it with Chris, which is their grandson. But mm -hmm. Tony, who's the, the son-in-law, Judy's husband does Nesper. So it's two different com commodities. So uh, Chris told me, well, I don't do that. But if you want to come get me for breakfast, I'm here. I'm leaving for my flight, blah, 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 blah. He gave me the address. It was to the Warren Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut. Mm hmm I pull up and it's, it's the house. I mean, it's just, it's the house. And, 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 and anybody that's in this field, I'm sorry, you have to pay respects to Ed and Lorraine because they took all the bullshitters and the naysayers and they're still naysayers and bullshitters, but they, they kind of hushed them and they really made people respect the field. They came out before Ghostbusters did. Okay. Dan mm -hmm. Aykroyd, and, which well, I met Dan Aykroyd, by the way, he is awesome, but Dan Aykroyd Lucky. and Bill Murray aren't the first ones and, and Lorraine aren't the first either, but they're the ones to really bring it to light. I feel like, and I feel like this whole society, this whole paranormal field, if you're in this field, you owe them a debt of gratitude. And if you don't, and you think no big deal and you, well, Zach Baggins, all that shit, that's bullshit. That's TV hype bullshit. These people helped people and didn't charge people. They don't have TVs. All the movies came out after Ed died. You watch Amityville. You don't see Ed and Lorraine at all in any Amityville movie. They don't talk about him. So, mm -hmm. so long story short, so we picked up Chris. He brought me inside. He gave me the jacket. I still have it that he wore to Lorraine Warren's funeral. I have it, the overcoat. Um, and we talked. We had breakfast, and then he walked me through the house. I didn't get to see the occult museum, unfortunately. He, the, we're in a hurry, but I get to see the house. And I've been friends with Chris ever since. And then I got my own show. I had him come on, and he goes, you know, he's like, I sent you the application for the Warren Legacy Foundation a couple months back. I go, well, I don't think I'm ready. I said, I don't think I deserve it. I don't think, who am I? He goes, you're ready. Fill them out. So I filled them out, and um, I'm on a 90-day probation, but I'm in it, and I'm going to get a card in the mail. I'm going to have Warren Legacy member, and that's what it's about is helping people that have gone through what I've gone through. And if they had need help with cases in New England, I'm going to be the go-to guy. And 
don't get me wrong. I'm like, I'm, su- I'm not supposed to brag about it, but I'm super proud and I'm super oh, excited. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Right. I mean, I, I, and, and to know that I, I did get my own TV sh- uh, radio show and I did get started with my own podcast before all this. So I did the hard work myself too, but to get mm-hmm. recognized and to be appreciated and to be a part of a team, a worldwide team, I got tickled pink. This is what a way to start my year off. I could have died six months ago and here I am in the war and legacy. With my own radio show and podcast, you know. (laughs) Well, hey, man, congratulations on on everything that you're doing and everything that you've done. But now we have come to that time in our show that we like to call shameless self-promotion. And I get the feeling that you're the kind of guy who is not does who is not adverse to uh, doing some shameless self-promotion. So here at uh, here at the this (laughs) section that we always have at the end of the show. You could talk about any kind of books you're writing, anything that's available, your podcast, your radio show, anything that you're doing, and go. Okay. Um, well, I want to give a big shout-out real quick to Atlas Obscura. Um, a lot of the things I've found, honestly, is a website for free, Atlas Obscura. I'm trying to get them to sponsor me. Um, that's where I found the Tombstone House. There's a house in Virginia made out of 30 tombstones from the Union soldiers. It's The whole wall wow. is our tombstones. And I went there, and the, the lady let me walk on it and touch it and go inside. It's fucking. She said it's haunted. She goes, the white man downstairs helps me with the fire, and the black man upstairs watches me when I sleep. I go, oh, can I spend the night sometime? <laughs> so um, Alice Obscura, big shout out, because I found so much shit. Alistair Crowley's got a house in New Hampshire I'm going to go to this spring. I found it on Atlas. Um, but I want to give a shout out to uh, Jared Scarvoni, who got me on Love, Light, and the Paranormal. That was my first radio show. I was a co-host on it last year. It's all done now, so that's done, but there is episodes. Um, Ross Rapazzo, uh, Ross Rapazzo runs Paranormal King Radio Network. I was a guest on the show about three months ago, and the next day he asked me if I wanted my own radio show on his network. Um, I said, well, like what? He's like, whatever you want, name it what you want, do what you want, you're gold. I go, wow. That he's been my biggest supporter. So, Ross, I know you're watching. I love you, brother. Um, so, yeah, I get to name my show, Historically Haunted Show, uh, every Friday on his on uh, Paranormal King Radio Network, every Friday from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, talk for an hour. I named it after my paranormal team, Historically Haunted Paranormal. They're based out of Maine. It's a team I put together. Um, we do local stuff. We do house cases. We do whatever anybody needs. We're kind of on a house case now. I can't really talk about it. And then I got mm-hmm. offered to do my own podcast on BB3 TV called uh, Historically Haunted Podcast. There's already a Historically Haunted Podcast, so I switched it to Vodcast. This is a video podcast. And then I kind of just went away from BB3 TV because there was just kind of a format. But I found I have just as many listeners just doing it myself. So I do it on my own page. Um, so, yeah, Historically Haunted. I have my own YouTube channels now. I got like 13 subscribers, <laughs> but I'm uploading all my old. If you go to Adam the Historian Ghost Hunter, Ghost Hunter, two words on YouTube, you'll see me going to um, abandoned houses in the woods. I go to bridges. I went to uh, Betty and Barney Hill uh, abduction site in New Hampshire where they abducted by aliens. It's the first ever documented case in 1965. It's in. Um, uh, the mountains of New Hampshire by the White Mountains. I went there. So you'll see that mm-hmm. video. Um, Admiral Perry house. Admiral Perry discovered the North Pole. First man to ever get to the North Pole. His house is in Maine. I spent the night there on uh, Christmas Eve, me and my girlfriend. It was using the Underground Railroad. So I talked to the little black boy, Slave. There's a hidden room. I talked to him. That's haunted, too. Um, as well as there's a lady in the window. I didn't see her, but I did, I did talk to the boy, and I heard a knock back. 
So that's all there. Adam the Historian Ghost Hunter. Sorry, I got ADD. Uh, Adam the Historian yeah, Ghost Hunter on fine. YouTube. <laughs> all right. Well, very good. Thank you so much, Adam, for uh, for joining us here on the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. Um, I would have to say you are probably the most gregarious individual I have ever had the pleasure of speaking to. So thank you again. Good luck with everything that you're doing. And I hope maybe, you know, we could have you on again sometime again in the future. I love it. I mean, the only request I have is if Stephen wants to maybe just not talk so much. He kind of interrupted me a lot. But other than that, uh, you, you'll get used never to that. shuts up. You'll get used to that, Adam. I, I, I just kind of sit back and, and digest everything. Rick's well, just blah, 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 blah. <laughs> constantly. Well, until, until you get your penis reduction surgery, I'm sure you're, you have a lot to deal with literally. So I can see what you're Yeah. Gosh. I mean, we've actually contemplated changing the name of the show to uh, Shadow Initiative Talk with Rick Hale and sometimes Stephen Lancaster. Oh! So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Now I wonder what shadow you're in, for God's sake. Is it... <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, man. I'll have to have you guys... I'd love to have one of you guys or both of you guys on one of my shows uh, soon, too. I'm kind of just scratching the surface. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But I'd love to have either or both of you on soon. I'll come back on anytime. Um, yeah, this was fun. Um, I really appreciate you guys letting me loose and just i talk fast and i talk a lot but it's all passion i'm not trying to be i just i'm very excited about the shit that's out there and i just want people to be excited too to learn something and i and i hope you guys learn something i hope the listeners learn something and i learned something you guys are kick ass so i appreciate it hey thanks, rock adam. and roll thanks adam we'll all be right. talking with you buddy i hope so guys have a good rest of your day god bless and we'll talk soon yes sir okay. bye-bye Hey, my friends, check out my good friend Chris Beck and his work at All Around Art. From lifelike paintings to detailed sketches to phenomenal tattoo artistry, if you can dream it, Chris can bring it to life on canvas or your skin. His art has been showcased in published works such as the paranormal best-selling book Norman II, The True Story of a Possessed Doll's Revenge. Visit him online at facebook.com slash allaround.art.54. All right, and yeah, there he goes. Uh, Adam Begin of Historically Haunted Podcast, Paranormal Adventure, as well as a member of the Warren Legacy Foundation. So, yeah, I mean, great guest, Stephen. Uh, you know, like I said, probably the most gregarious person I've ever spoken to in my entire life. Oh, e extremely... Um informative yeah. passionate and, and, and yeah exactly he said it himself um, passionate uh the guy's full of energy um I, I i sincerely hope the the industry doesn't get to him and destroy that passion like we've seen it happen to so many people sure. you know you know like when we were discussing the warrens i you know i didn't want to interrupt but it's kind of like when you think about the warrens in, in some of these TV people and stuff like that, you know, a lot of the the bad reputation kind of stuff is all it, it all roots back to money. It's sure. the fact it's the fact that the paranormal got turned into a business, right? You know, and and I think it's it's great for people like you to release books, people like me to release books. You know, Adam said he's working on his first book. You know, mm -hmm. to keep that realism 
to this field alive. You know, I think once right. once these people hit that that sellout, he, he kind of said it himself. I'm not being paid to lie. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's a shame because that's literally how it is out there now. Well, the thing is, is like, you know, in, in, in the paranormal field, you know, bad feelings, drama, what have you. It's nothing new. I mean, look at, uh, you know, guys like Harry Price back in the 1930s and 1940s, which, you know, arguably is uh, Great Britain's greatest ghost hunter. Um, I think that you would be hard pressed to disagree with that. Um, he was lambasted by the Society for Psychical Research. You know, they called him a liar, said that his um, his results from Borley Rectory, they were all fake. So. I mean, even back then, um, almost 100 years ago, we've always had it. You know, like when I started in this field back in 1991 investigating, I honestly thought I was the only person at the time doing this um, that, that didn't have a Ph.D. Uh, attached to, you know, the end of their name. I, I didn't think that it was like normal, everyday, average people doing it. But now that we do have that, there does seem to be a certain siren's call to corrupt people who are passionate corrupt people who are knowledgeable and you know, you got guys like um you know adam he's he's keeping it real i guess you could say yeah and i agree and you know it, it's funny you bring that up y you know the 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 century old ghost hunters let's say that that were raked over the coals you know saying oh you're making this stuff up or blah blah but but why you know, back back right. then there wasn't a monetary motive. Right. There, there was I mean, no motive at all. What, what were they to gain from that? You know, what was Betty and Barney Hill gonna gain? Yeah, as an interracial couple claiming that they were abducted by aliens. They weren't yeah. gonna gain anything. You know, right. now it's yeah, let's let's see if I can create the best piece of footage ever, get it on YouTube. You know, so so Zach Baggins finds it, or 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 um, Jack Osborne finds it and puts me on TV. You know, that's the motive now. Not for everybody, but mm -hmm. you know, it's good to see people like Adam that just is so passionate about it, so down to earth. And and I I could have kept talking with him because I really wanted to get into the aspects of his team and the team mm -hmm. dynamic. And, and you know what is their, their 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 technique? You know, are they out out to just witness this stuff, or are they out to just prove it? So, we, I mean, we will definitely have to have him back on. You know, as we we follow along with with uh, his his adventures. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's like he's he's been to these amazing places, and and it's like I said to him, I, I see these people they travel around, and I'm always wondering how the hell do they do this. How do they not have regular everyday jobs and yet they're traveling from one point in the country to another point? So it's really interesting to know that DoorDash <laughs> delivering people's food is what um, is what it's what's financing his adventures. I think that's extraordinary. Yeah, that was a new one for me. That's interesting because it was like before. Well, you know, with my history, the, the, the entire point uh, of of trying to monetize Monster Vision TV back in 2007 was mm -hmm. to fi finance the research. Yeah, that, you know, not so we could live like rock stars out of hotels. It was to finance the research, the travel expenses. You know, 
all the stuff that you have to have to work a case for somebody for free. You know, because Pete, right. what, what you thought about Adam, a lot of people thought about me. Like, how is Lancaster affording to do all this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, well, it was because of the books and because of Monster Vision and, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, man, what yeah. a surprising guest. Yeah, I really enjoy talking with uh, Adam. Very knowledgeable, a fun guest, loves to talk. And that is what we like here at the Shadow Initiative, Paranormal Talk. So, uh, Steven. What do we got coming up next week for everyone? I, I was going to ask you that because I'm I'm I under to it. fever, um, uh, fever dreams and hallucinations. Mm-hmm. See, I can't even talk. See, can't even the, talk. Right the COVID's right. got me, man. It's got me. That's just not the COVID. That's all the time. But go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. What do we have? Do we have a guest next week? We do not have a guest next week, but we will be talking about this uh, coming Saturday. It will be my first investigation in six years since being diagnosed with cancer, losing a limb. Um, This will be my my first one in six years with uh, United States Paranormal Research, Brian Meisinger's group. We had him on, um, I think it was last month or the month before. Um, Yeah, we're going to be taking a look at Miss peddler's boutique in downtown antioch illinois which is one of those towns where you step across the street and boom you're in wisconsin um i'm really looking forward to this and that's you know that's what we were going to be discussing on next week's show um whether or not we actually come across anything i mean you know if you've been in this for any amount of time you know that it's not a scare minute and most of the time it's boring as hell but um you know hey maybe we'll get lucky and we'll come across something you know, I'm glad you said that because, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing about this too, obviously, but it's like, I I'd still want to hear about it, whether you did or didn't. And, sure. I, and I was, I was laying there watching TV the other day with my wife. And that's exactly what I was thinking with these ghost hunting shows. It's like people, the majority of people know it's all fake. They know it's not real, but they watch mm-hmm. it anyway. So why not just... Just show it how it really is. Actually document like they say they're doing, you know? Yeah. I, I just don't get it. I, I don't know. Well, let, let's face it. Um, it's a television show. It's for entertainment purposes only. And it's like if you're not giving somebody um, that scare that you know, something just happened, they're going to lose interest. And let's face it. If anybody was really watching what a ghost hunting group did, there really would not be very good ratings. And if there's not very good ratings, there's no sponsorship. So that's why, you know, normal everyday ghost hunters probably would never make it on television. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's true. I I still say there's a middle ground that can be found. Mm -hmm. I really do, but I'm sure there probably is. That's not for us to decide. Well, Rick, it was a fantastic show. I am about to jump off here and go back to dying. And um, I will let you know uh, about my death experience so you can share it with the world. You know, I I really just want to say it's like we joke around on this show a lot. We poke fun at each other, talk shit, bust each other's balls. But, Stephen, I really do hope that you feel that you and your wife feel better. Um, It's a terrible, shitty thing to have. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. I, and we'll, we'll we'll get through it, man. You know, it's just like they say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And 
all that good stuff, and then I can get this my my penis reduction, and everybody everybody will be happy. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. With that being said, thank you so much for joining us on this very special penis reduction episode of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. We will be talking to you next week. Next week, hit us up at Shadow Initiative Talk at gmail.com if you got a story to share or would like to come onto the show or have somebody you want to hear on the show. And hit us up at Facebook at facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. Guys, have a great week. Stay safe out there, and we will talk at you next week. All right, talk to you later. Bye.